I guess it's no secret that retailers, whether online or in the store, are trying to get you to buy, especially uh, impulse buy. And uh, researchers at Washington State University have looked into how brick-and-mortar stores can maybe align them their products or, or present them in a way that might be more like what we see online. I mean, you, you look for something online or uh, they know what you're, you're interested in, and all of a sudden those products are popping up every time you're on uh, social media or what have you. And uh, can the same thing be done in a retail store? And joining us now is Chuck Munson. He's with the Carson College of Business at Washington State. Good to talk with you, Chuck. Thank you, Joe. Great to be here today. Yeah, yeah good to have you. And uh, I guess this was aimed at maybe at brick and mortar retailers, trying to give them a an advantage that they that they don't have that uh, online retailers might have. Yes, that was certainly one of the big motivations. Um, the online folks, of course, can collect data on all of us as individual purchasers, and that's why we get these crazy. Um, you know, advertisements in social media and um, shopping sites, et cetera. Um, uh, and we think sometimes they're they're reading our brains. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and now the retail stores don't necessarily have that, you know, customer-specific data. But what they do have is data on all the sales that they've had, and in particular orders um, that customers have placed. And, you know, which products tend to be purchased together. So it's really getting at that, you know, that aspect of what we see the online retailers uh, uh, use, which is, okay, if you bought this football, you might also want to buy this basketball or whatever the relationship is. Okay, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so they instead of knowing what I as an individual would go in and buy, I mean they've got that information, but they can't obviously rearrange the uh, the aisle as I'm walking through the store. But they can <laughs> kind of take a conglomerate of all that information from a whole bunch of shoppers and say, okay, this is what folks in this who might be shopping in this part of the store, what else they might be interested in, and kind of group those things together. Exactly. So I guess, it, is is this something that retailers really aren't doing at this point? Well, of course, retailers do a lot with product placement and impulse purchasing already. We know when you're in the checkout aisle, there are all these expensive candy bars and things that we would never normally think to spend that much money to buy, but we do because we're standing there and uh, it looks tasty and, you know, we've got the extra $2 to get it, right? So, um, and then and how they place products on the end of aisle for exposure. Uh, I know another thing they'll do is put staple items at the back of stores. Like, everybody wants to get milk, right, every time they go to the grocery store. So they don't put it right next to the checkout stand. They want you walking through the store and get your milk, and then they hope along the way you'll see some other things that you are interested in. So we know that retailers already do those kinds of things. And what our study uh, tried to do is take it to an even higher level of sophistication um, and say, all right, if you're going to rearrange your store periodically, is there a smart way to do that to take advantage of impulse buying? Um, And so it's really three types of, of impulse purchasing. One is just putting the most popular and profitable product 
in the locations that are very visible. That includes not only where in the aisle, but even vertically, um, because unless it's a little kid, you don't want your item close to the floor because we're not looking that low or necessarily very high, right? So eye level as well as certain placements in the aisles um, matter. And then we also want to do what we talked about uh, earlier, which is put products near each other that tend to be purchased together. And then what's especially new about our um, paper this time is cast aisle impulse. So if you got used to going to aisle four to get your cereal, and all of a sudden they move cereal to aisle eight, um, can we put something there at the start of aisle four that somebody might buy that also buys cereal? Mm. So you're, you could call it manipulation. It's not meant to be manipulation exactly, but if you're going to rearrange your store periodically, let's do it in a smart way so that if people are going down the wrong aisle because it's been moved, at least they're looking at something they might want to purchase. It's kind of like, you know, maybe a customer hates perfume, but he loves football, and we know he's going to go get his magazine. Well, if he's got to walk through either the perfume or the footballs, we may as well have a walk past the football because he at least might be more interested in buying those. I see. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess helps to explain a little bit why sometimes I walk into the grocery store and things have been this. Wait, this isn't where this usually is, or this is something that's not usually here. Now I have to have exactly. Go exactly. And it drives a customer can drive us crazy, right? Because we we like to go to the same store and know where everything is and all that. Um, so we're actually telling stores in this paper how often you should rearrange. Um, that, that's another paper, maybe. But we're not. But we're saying if you do it, and we know stores do it, why not do it in a smart way uh, to try to maximize those impulse purchases? Uh, we know that. More than uh, half of all supermarket purchases are unplanned, and only about 21% of shoppers arrive with a shopping list. So if, if there's anything like my wife, we go to Costco planning to spend $100, uh-huh. and we come back with $700 of stuff, right? And that yeah. has everything to do with impulse purchases and, and what Costco did with, you know, it works. It works out every time. Yeah, well, that's a good example because stuff at Costco does tend to move around, and yeah, uh, yeah, and something that you normally buy all of a sudden, oh, it's it's in a different spot, and oh, look what's next to it. Oh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've done this research, and are you now you hope to have some actual uh, brick and mortar retailers put this into effect and and try it out in the real world? Yeah, we would love to see that happen if any stores were interested. Um, the paper itself gives all the steps, but it's not super simple. So, you know, you need somebody with some analytical skills. But it is a, 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 a an implementable algorithm that stores could use, and we would love to see it. We'd love to see if um, uh, stores that know they periodically are going to um, – change their shelving arrangements, you know, would they want to pick this up and try it and see if it helps uh, improve their sales at all. 
Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I like to shop at brick-and-mortar stores. I'll shop online some, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of us like that experience. And so we don't want brick-and-mortar brick stores to go away, that's for sure. And if they can gain some of the same advantages that online retailers have, that uh, I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> All right, and I guess it's not a surprise that they want us to to uh, uh, you know to impulse shop and impulse buy when we're in stores, and because uh, uh, yeah, like you say online, it does seem like they're how are they reading my mind here? I I did one quick search for some item, and all of a sudden it's every other thing on uh, on social media is this you know this product is popping up. Exactly, and you hear stories about. <laughs> women getting, you know, items about new babies or things that they haven't even told anybody they're pregnant yet. <laughs> yeah. Something's going on think, there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think we're, you know, I don't think there's anything unethical here. We're not twisting anybody's arm um, uh-huh. to bite or, or, or giving them false information. We're just presenting products in front of them that we think they would be uh, more likely to purchase than items that they would have no interest in. Yeah. So in well, some sense, it's more efficient and it gives the customer more choices, assuming yeah. he or he has the, you know, the resources to, to buy some extra things that day. Absolutely. Well, interesting research. Chuck Munson, once again with the Carson College of Business at Washington State University. And I really appreciate you joining us, Chuck. Happy shopping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You too, Joe.